Hello, friends. This is uh, your second Roar Lines Radio uh, early signing period uh, podcast extravaganza part two, Electric Boogaloo, uh, a bunch of other things. Bill DeFilippo here with uh, the person who's going to be splitting these podcasts up with Nick, Matt DeBear. Matt, what's going on, buddy? Oh, just living the dream, Bill. Aren't we all? What else would you rather be doing than hanging out uh, and talking about the decisions that children made about where they're going to go to college? I don't know how I'm supposed to answer that. You're not. So uh, I'm going to ask you what I asked Nick, and I, pr- I I mentioned this to you before the podcast, but I purposely uh, didn't tell you what Nick said because I'm interested to hear your answer. But what's just your broad general impression of the class that uh, Penn State's bringing in uh, will... As we mentioned on the first podcast, Penn State might not be done, but as of right now, it has 20 kids, uh, fifth nationally, second in the Big Ten. Well, I think it's um, there's a bunch of different ways you could go with this. I think the big thing that jumps out to me just from top to bottom is just how athletic they are at so many positions. Um, you know, you start at the top with guys like Justin Shorter and Ricky Slade, you know, the two currently top-rated uh, committed prospects. But down to guys like Zach Kuntz and um, Drew Scruggs, Jesse Lukita, Daniel George, um, Jordan Miner, um, Shaquan Anderson-Butts, um, you just go on and on, Charlie Catcher at linebacker, um, and even a guy like, you, you go to the very bottom of the list, Jake Pinniger, the kicker from Iowa, uh, is a pretty athletic kid himself. Um, you know, His future is pretty clearly um, kicking the football, but he was a pretty solid safety in high school, and and isn't um, exactly lost with a football in his hands or, or not kicking it, um, at least. So I think just from a purely athletic testing numbers, watching the tape, just the way these guys jump off, off the film, um, that's probably the most impressive thing. Um, I think they really have checked a lot of boxes with, as we are talking um to go behind the curtain here a little bit at 8:53 on Monday the 18th before kids start signing on Wednesday, um, with the exception of currently really along the defensive line with guys like um, Jason Owe, Micah Parsons, um, maybe Tyreek Smith, but that doesn't look terribly likely. Um, they've really checked a lot of boxes as far as needs. Um, you know, Justin Shorter um, is going to step in from day one at wide receiver and contribute. Um, Ricky Slade um, is. Um, I think Bill, you and I were talking about this during the uh, championship weekend a couple weeks ago when uh, DeAndre Swift broke that huge long run to really um, you know, put the game away for Georgia against Auburn in the SEC championship. We all kind of watched it and, you know, wow, that's that's why everyone in the country wanted him. Ricky Slade's that same kind of player where it's just every time he touches the ball, you think he has a chance to, to go the distance. Um, you know, they, they really, I think, checked a big box with P.J. Mustafer at defensive tackle. Um, that's probably been, with linebacker, the one area that's been a little bit of a question mark um, you know, just since James Franklin's been in, at Penn State. If, if anything, um, as far as, you know, a missing piece, uh, I think the, the disappointing part probably is the, the three kids who have, um, have left the class. Um, none of them... Uh, at least two of the three, as far as we know, um, not or for sure, not by their doing uh, with Dorian Hardy with his off the field issues um, with um, a locker room fight or practice field fight in New Jersey. Obviously, we all know about um, what happened with Hashim Young and his legal troubles. 
Um, and then AJ Reed, um, not really entirely sure what the what happened there, but to read his note, it didn't sound like it was a a a, a, a negative reason for leaving. As far as he was concerned, it was a very genuine um, level of appreciation. So they haven't exactly closed strong in that area, but I think when you turn that around and you look at that's allowing them to um, you know make sure they have space for for guys like. Micah Parsons and Jason Owe and Rashid Walker and Solomon Enos and just in the last you know really 12 hours Jahan Dotson has resurfaced on the Penn State radar um, and in years past when we've seen Penn State lose recruits in the last um, weeks before the, the the one sign day that we used to have in February um, their plan B wasn't necessarily as highly regarded as far as stars and offers and things like that <laughs> They're going right from one four-star to another four-star or a five-star, and, and in Micah Parsons' case, as far as you know, who they're continuing to pursue with these these additional slots. So, I think it's just the next step in the evolution of of Penn State recruiting and really returning to where you know that sleeping giant that we always talk about or have talked about quite a bit for the last ten years or more. Um, it's really the next step in in realizing that return to that level of, of elite elite football that comes from, you know, really starts with recruiting elite players. And that's, um, that's what this 2018 class is. And I think I was looking at this, or not looking, but um, just kind of re- reminiscing back to when we did this last year and we went through the, the kids that signed. And I think we closed that with a really brief look ahead to what is now the 28, this year's class, the 2018 class. And, I think both Nick and I and you, Bill, expected a pretty a pretty monster um, class as far as as talent, and they they've delivered. You know, on on the backs of last year's eleven win season and another ten win season, um, the momentum is clearly there on the recruiting trail. I think um, you know they they did not miss a huge opportunity with a really talent talent laden regional class um, in a lot of natural recruiting areas for Penn State. They've really taken advantage of a number of, of big time players that are were in their backyard that had interest and they really um, you know locked them up and and took advantage of of all these these great players that were in their own backyard for sure uh, real quick uh, you are a baseball fan correct yes okay because you said the offensive lineman was uh, Astros first baseman AJ Reed I uh, did I yes you did and I chuckled a little bit but you uh, but I decided to let you keep going on that. Anyway, uh, let's talk about... You do realize that Antoine Reed does go by A.J. Reed, right? No. But let's keep going anyway and talk about the first player uh, that Matt and I are going to talk about. Uh, Will Levis, pro-style quarterback, he has the unenviable task of filling in for uh, a potential generational talent in Justin Fields. The thing is, Levis is still a very interesting prospect. 6'4", 222 from Middletown, Connecticut. Three-star guy, number 628 overall player in the country. Matt, I want to be 100% clear. I do not think Will Levis is going to be as good as Justin Fields, uh, which is, you know, Justin Fields is a 6'3", Russell Wilson, Will Levis. Uh, We don't quite know what he is. But the one thing that we do know is this dude is an insane athlete. 
And if he is ever able to become a consistent passer with his physical tools, he has the potential to be terrifying. Yeah, I think um, the one thing I think about with with Will Levis is he got his offer um, by working for it. He came to camp, he earned it. Um, you know, back with uh, with Joe Moorhead um, over the summer. Um, and that wasn't just at Penn State where he did that. He did it at Florida State. He did it at Syracuse. He did it um, in a, cu- a couple other spots. So he was a guy who um, probably a little bit by virtue of where he plays in Connecticut wasn't really on a lot of people's radar um, you know, just with the level of competition. But he um, went out, earned his offer. Um, he probably um, you know, would have ended up at Florida State if the Justin Field Justin Fields saga had wrapped up earlier than it did. Um, he was ready to, to, to move on on the offer when Penn State made it in July. Um, but you, you, you hit the other thing. He's kind of, you, you, you look at the stats, 6'4", 222, pro-style quarterback. You, you think of him as that stereotypical you know, NFL-style quarterback. Christian, you think of Christian Hackenberg. Exactly, you know, someone in that mold. But he is very much not that. He is that. You know, he, he looks the part. But he also, um, I'm looking for the, the notes right here. I can't find it. But he ran a 4-4 or a 4-5, you know, pretty, maybe not that fast, but a, a very yeah, impressive ES, 40 time. Uh, I have the numbers for, here. Uh, ESPN has them listed. Uh, 4-8-40, 4.10, 20-yard uh, shuttle, 35.7-inch vertical leap, uh, 42.5 power throw, and his spark rating of 123.27 was the best among all uh, pro-style quarterbacks that ESPN tested out. Um, so yeah, he's he's in the mold of kind of what Penn State's looking for in a quarterback. A guy who is not necessarily pass first, not necessarily run first, but can do both um, and can do both pretty well. You know, we see it with Trace McSorley now and we'll see it. Um, we see it with Tommy Stevens when he's come in. Um, you look at even the guys that have, have come in the last couple of classes with Jake, Jake Zembeck and um, Sean Clifford are both guys in that same mold that have a big arm, but also um, have the athleticism to run that that RPL, run the read option, um, are a threat with the ball in their hands, not just throwing it, but also running it. Um, and obviously there's no reason to suspect that's going to change now with Ricky Ronnie running the offense. Absolutely. And when I look at Levis... Um... He was going to redshirt anyway. I, I don't think I'm a, you know reinventing the wheel here or saying anything too terribly controversial, and I think he's not passing uh, Trace McSorley on Penn State's depth chart next year. Uh, but what I am willing to say is that of the guy, and, and you know, Tommy Stevens, whatever, we, we, we don't know what's going to happen with him. If he sticks around, it's his job in uh, 2019. If he decides to transfer, well, then it becomes a little bit more curious. Uh, also, we'll throw Jake Zembeck in there, also a uh, transfer contender. But for that 2019 starting job, when it's a redshirt sophomore in Sean, Sean Clifford and a redshirt freshman in uh, Will Levis, the, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there is a window there for Levis to try and win the starting job. I don't know if he could beat out Clifford, but I do think that while his floor is lower, his ceiling is incredibly high. Uh, if he is going to ever play at Penn State, it is going to be, uh, you, you know, 2019 is probably the earliest that we are going to see him. Uh, Matt, like I said to Nick, we're going to start 
we're going to end each of these with when do we see them immediately down the line or is it hard to see them playing when do you think will levis gets on the field for the nittany lions i think it's it's down the line i think when quarterbacks is just it's so tricky to answer that question just because i've you know that to be too cliche but there's only one football and there's only one guy you know a quarterback that's going to see that yeah. that time and no po- so I, no position atrophies like quarterback does with guys going you know i want to play i have to i have to go somewhere to get snaps if i can't get them here and I, I think you know on paper whether it's if tommy stevens happens to, to stick around for his redshirt senior year he's obviously the odds on favorite like you said if not then it's going to be will levis versus um, maybe Jake Zembeck if he's still around, maybe and and Sean Clifford, and then maybe a, you know a kid or two in the 2019 class. Um, you know it's going to be a wide open competition, and um, that's the earliest you would you would see Levis, and then you know what happens from there is a matter of who wins that 2019 starting job and and what the depth chart looks like at that point because there's they've already got the one quarterback committed in 2019, and um, you know they might add a second, so the depth chart's going to be look very different. Um, by the time Will Levis is looking to play um, than it does right now. For sure. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. The the one thing I am very comfortable saying, uh, and we'll wrap up with this, is I don't know if he will ever play. But I, I think watching the way that they have found ways to get Tommy Stevens onto the field because of his uh, size and athleticism and his threat to throw the ball, whatever. It makes me think that Levis is going to get a spot, and if not, hey, whatever. Uh, I hope he gets some very nice Penn State gear out of his time in Happy Valley.